0: Each week, I'll be sharing insightful and inspiring birth stories and advice in the hopes to help you create your own positive birth experience. I'm your host, Sky Marie. Let's get into today's show. Today's episode is brought to you by Maya Mothers. Are you pregnant and wondering what to eat or what supplement to take? Are you worried about how your life will change when your little one comes along? Or are you feeling tired and depleted after giving birth, even if it was a couple of years ago? My Mothers is a women's health and wellness clinic specializing in holistically supporting the mother through the preconception, pregnancy, and postpartum season of her life. Services include nutrition, naturopathy, acupuncture, massage, counseling, skin consultations, and mums groups. Their beautiful clinic is based in Brisbane. However, they offer telehealth consults Australia-wide for most of their services. Their team of holistic practitioners are incredibly passionate about supporting you on your motherhood journey, whether you are struggling with infertility or well into your postpartum phase. My Mothers was born when two like-minded first-time mothers realized the very limited level of support available to most women who are navigating motherhood. Emma is a clinical nutritionist who specializes in fertility support and postnatal depletion, whilst Monique is a skin and beauty expert who is passionate about helping women transition to low-tox living. Together, they have gathered a team of practitioners who are passionate about changing the way in which mothers are supported. For PBA listeners, they are offering an exclusive discount of 15% off on first-time consultations. Simply type in the code PBA15 when booking your appointment online. You can check them out at www.mayamothers.com.au or on Instagram at mayamothers.collective. Welcome back everyone. On today's episode, I chat with Northern Rivers' mum, Charlie, about her two births. Charlie's first birth was a transfer from home, ending in an emergency C-section. Diving deep into the emotions she was left with after that experience, she was able to pull from it the lessons she needed to bring into her next birth. Deep surrender. When the decision was made to transfer to hospital during her second birth, although not what she had envisioned, she details her experience as being polar opposite to her first. Feeling supported by her team and in control of the decisions once there, she narrates her birth as being a healing experience for her and her partner. Charlie also shares the beautiful analogy her husband used to talk to their infant daughter about her pregnancy loss and how a flock of black cockatoos gave her the signs she needed that everything was going to be okay. Enjoy today's show. Charlie, welcome to Positive Birth Australia. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Do you want to just quickly tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so...
1: Um, we live in the Northern Rivers or in Gooningary, so up in the hills behind Byron. Beautiful. Um, and the two little babes that we have are Artelia, who's three and a half or closer to four, and Archer, who is four months. And we've got a little spirit baby in between them.
0: Okay. And were your pregnancies planned?
1: Um. This. I would say probably yes and no, so Tilly was, um, we we definitely had spoken about um, having a baby, actually a friend, a really good friend of ours was staying with us and she was seven months pregnant and we both kind of looked at each other and we were like, oh, let's have a baby <laughs> and so I think that we were pretty uncareful for a matter of like three days and then. Um, we were like, actually, no, maybe not, (laughs) but it was too late. So, (laughs) um, so not necessarily, but yeah, she was definitely ready to be here. So, um, and then we tried for another baby for, I don't know, maybe since she was about 18 months or so. And, um, yeah, fell pregnant last year. Unfortunately, um, that baby went back to the universe, Mm -hmm. um, but then Archer came like maybe four months later.
0: Mm-hmm. And how was your pregnancy with Tilly?
1: Yeah, it was amazing. Um, I felt like a complete goddess <laughs> the whole time. So
0: good.
1: Um, so, yeah, I had really no things come up. I did yoga pretty much every day, um, meditated heaps, like just felt like I was just in this complete flow and like that was
0: exactly like where I was meant
1: to be so um yeah I had a really beautiful pregnancy with her
0: yeah, that's amazing and what model of care did you end up choosing during that pregnancy
1: yeah so we were we actually had booked in for um to go to the birth center at um RPA and then when I got to about I think it must have been about 20 weeks pregnant around when you were doing like the um the gestational diabetes testing and stuff like that. And I didn't really want to do that. I felt a lot of push um, from the midwife that I was seeing there. And then I did a she birth course like the next week, met this beautiful woman um, named, called Nadine, um, Omara. And she kind of like gave me the confidence that I think I needed to just choose exactly what I wanted to do, which was to home birth. Um so we actually changed to a private mm-hmm. midwife when I was about 20-something weeks. Mm-hmm.
0: And did you have anyone around you in your circle that had home birth that you were sort of drawing inspiration from? or?
1: Um, no, I think like to be honest, the first initial thing of why we chose it is because mm-hmm. I'd heard like that people had had really great experiences um, at that birth centre. So I was like, okay, we'll just do that. And obviously, you know, out-of-pocket expense is quite big with private midwives, so I think we were just thinking of that a little bit. Mm. (laughs) Um, And then when we kind of reached that and didn't feel fully supported in that choice, um, we decided that money wasn't really... It wasn't worth worrying about money
0: for something like that. Yeah, I agree. So do you want to take us to that first sign of labour with her?
1: Oh, yeah. So um, she actually, I had her at 42 weeks. Um, So I went into labour the day before, obviously, and um, I really didn't have any, like, signs. And I ended up having a stretch and sweep, um, yeah, the day before I went into labour. And that was just because I think I was feeling... this this overwhelming pressure to have the baby. Mm. Um, And in hindsight, I think, had I, could I, like, repeat that, I probably wouldn't have done it. I would have just trusted my body and just let it all happen naturally, which, you know, baby can't stay in there forever. (laughs) I probably would have done that, but, um, you know, hindsight. Um, But, yeah, so then I went into labor the next day after the stretch and sweep, and it was all... um, Pretty full on from the beginning. Everything just was, yeah, super intense. And um, only everything just got closer together. It never, in, never grew in intensity. I would say that it was very, very intense from the beginning.
0: Yeah. Okay. And was there anything in particular you did to sort of help you cope with that intensity? Uh, so I was just focusing mainly on breath. I used obviously I had a pool,
1: so um, we used that a lot. I had the shower. Um, and just, like, trying to change positions as much as possible. Um, she was, like, in a fairly good position just before I went into labour, but she decided to, rather than just shift forward a little bit, she decided to take the scenic route, so ended up getting stuck in a posterior position. So um, so that was interesting. I, my labour through my back really, um, yeah, it was so hardcore <laughs> through my back, but... Um, And I ended up actually having the sterile water injections at home,
0: um,
1: which were great in the beginning, but obviously they don't last forever. Yeah, I didn't um, even
0: know they did that at home birth. So what is the theory behind that again? They'll inject you with the sterile water to distract you? Yeah, so it's like I would liken it to like a wasp sting. It's pretty like
1: when you're going through and experiencing labor as it is with everything that comes with it, I would have thought that I wouldn't have really noticed it all that much, but it was really intense. And in considering that I had a private midwife, um, and it was only her, she actually had to do them one at a time. Whereas apparently normally they would do them. Two midwives to, to do both of them at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so after the first one, I think I had said to her, "No, don't do more mm-hmm. <laughs> But um, I did it, and it did that initial um probably about like 30 minutes 40 minutes of of relief which definitely helped
0: for sure I would say yeah okay that's really interesting and did your labor just continue to um progress like how long were you in labor for
1: um so all up 26 hours okay. um from the beginning to the end but we actually didn't end up having her at home so um yeah we tr- I think at about seven o'clock in the morning. So I'd gone into labor like midday the day before and about seven in the morning, um, my midwife had suggested that, you know, maybe we might need to think about going to the hospital. Actually, that was probably at about five in the morning. And I said, you know, I can do this. Just give me more time. Um, and so she had said, let's just wait. If we haven't had a baby before sunrise, then let's, you know, talk again and see where we're at. Um, so I was only about six centimeters at this stage. Um, so I did, did get a check. Um, and yeah, so we decided to go to hospital, um, which was only five minutes away. So it wasn't too, too bad of a journey there, but it's something that definitely stuck in my mind. But, um, but yeah, so when we got there, I did a bit of, tried a bit of gas. I ended up with having an epidural. Um, which was probably pretty far from what I had expected but only I think and I'm glad that I did um, knowing what I know now because where we ended up which um, she was an emergency one like category one belly birth so um, so I'm glad that I chose to have that because if I hadn't then I maybe would have had to be put under a general and I wouldn't have been there for her birth so so I'm glad for
0: knowing that now, but yeah. So
1: mm. it was a journey.
0: <laughs> oh, I bet it's a lot to digest. So how were you after that emotionally? Because I remember from my own similar experience, it was a bit of a tricky one to navigate mm. afterwards.
1: Um, I felt pretty low, to be honest. I felt, yeah, yeah I felt like mm. I'd like I'd failed. You know, all those kinds of things that you think. Mm. Um, so I was pretty upset about it, but I think that I had. In my, I think in my mind, I had told myself, yeah, I'm prepared for whatever happens, whatever happens, happens. But in my heart, I was like, had, I had this ideal birth in my head, in my heart, mm. and the two didn't really match up. So I hadn't like totally opened my whole being to whatever birth happens. And I truly believe that Tilly had <laughs> a lesson to teach me with that. Mm. Um, so after like lots mm. of work, emotionally with um, with my midwife, with, like, the hospital team as well. Um, I worked through a lot of that, and I just, I'm the type of person that if something happens to me, I'll just dive really deep into that emotion, so, like, that sorrow or whatever I was feeling in order to heal it and just, you know, be done with that. So I think I went very deep very quickly and felt a lot of feelings um, for a long for a long time maybe and met but then it was kind of yeah it just felt all healed and I am grateful for the experience because it taught me so much about myself and about
0: my yeah, partner and our
1: relationship and
0: yeah. I love that so much that's exactly what Jane Hardwick Colling says in a previous interview I did that each of us our births teach us something invaluable about ourselves. So it's really incredible that you were able to pull that from your experience. Yeah. On reflection of that birth, what would you say was your greatest lesson to take away from it?
1: Um, I think it would be surrender. Yeah. Surrendering to whatever whatever is, whatever will be will be kind of thing. Um yeah, and that, exactly that that they are just our teachers and e- each one has a valuable lesson bit like it will probably be very different. Yeah, I haven't quite learned the lesson from Archer's birth yet. I don't know what it is. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> It'll reveal itself soon, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. So moving on to your second pregnancy now, that's when you conceived your spirit baby?
1: Yeah, so I I think Tilly would have been about um I'm gonna say two ish, roughly. Um so it would have been like last year in maybe August I'd say. And so I was about, I was so over the moon, obviously I'd been trying, but not trying for like quite a while, but um, I didn't get my cycle back after Tilly until like 16 months. So, um, so yeah, so it was a long journey, but I stopped breastfeeding Tilly like a month before. And so I just had this real intuitive feeling that that's what was um, stopping me from moving forth. Mm Um, and so once I stopped mm-hmm. breastfeeding her, yeah, the, the next month we fell pregnant. Um, and then I think I was roughly about um, six weeks, around about, um, give or take, mm-hmm. and when we unfortunately lost that little baby. Um, mm-hmm. Tilly calls her strawberry. <laughs> she, yeah. doesn't, she doesn't know. We don't know who she but she's very... Very, very certain that it was a girl and its name is Strawberry.
0: <laughs> oh bless her, I love that name. Yes. <laughs> and so after that did you try and conceive again straight away or did you decide to have a little break?
1: Um, we just kind of like let it, let things happen. So we were just like, okay, let's just move forward. And, um, again, I did the same thing with that loss. Like I definitely tried to treat it as like a birth as well. So, um, we had like a fire ceremony on our land, like with my daughter. And, um, I talked her through a lot of it. Um, and my husband actually taught, like told her or use an analogy. Um, they do a lot of gardening together. So he kind of said to her, oh, you know, when, like, mummy and daddy have a baby, like, they plant a seed together, and, and sometimes the seeds don't work, and sometimes they do. And it was just a really nice sentiment and a really nice way for her to learn that about um, pregnancy loss and stuff like that. So I just feel like it, you know, it's not talked about a lot. And I'm definitely found out stories from other women, um, yeah, thereafter that I had no idea that they had experienced that. and yet it was beautiful to be able to share that and and have that support with those people but i just thought it was so wild that i didn't know you know um but yes we started pretty pretty soon after like we were just like okay well whatever happens happens and yeah about four months like four or five months later um archo was in my belly
0: I'm obsessed with that analogy. What a beautiful way to explain it! Yeah, thanks for sharing that. So, how was your pregnancy with Archie? Yeah, um, pretty like pretty good
1: for like the most part of it. I think that the biggest thing would have had to have been just having a toddler um, with like such high energy that it doesn't sleep in the day was probably my most challenging part. Mm-hmm. So the exhaustion for me was was the biggest thing, but I didn't really have a whole. I didn't really get sick or anything like that probably is more, yeah, not having, running on less sleep already. Mm
0: -hmm. And were there any fears or anxieties that you had to sort of unpack from your previous experiences at all? Um, I would say that with Tilly's birth, um, that kind of came up
1: maybe a little bit more towards the end of my pregnancy. Funnily enough, like, I didn't get... I didn't get fearful with the miscarriage until I was like 15 weeks pregnant, which strangely, um, yeah, I don't know why why it came up then. I'd actually been to um, this really beautiful, like, pregnancy group and... Um, Madine Richardson on a talk from she births and and I chatted to her a little bit about it and I don't know whether that just kind of talking about Tilly's birth brought that up and then the miscarriage so I would spent the whole drive to my midwife appointment after it crying in tears but it was really healing and really releasing of all of that mm-hmm. um, yeah so I definitely experienced a bit of fear for sure but yeah at a, in a weird time I yeah. think.
0: And you obviously chose to home birth again. Was that an easy decision for you to make?
1: Yeah, so I I felt really confident in my choice. Like we are half an hour like back, you know, windy road drive from the hospital. So it took a little bit more convincing with my partner um, initially when I was pregnant with the second baby. Um, but after the loss that we'd experienced I think he was just like, you do whatever you want to do. Wherever you feel safe, then I'm with you. So that felt so nice to feel supported from him because he obviously went through that very traumatic experience with Tilly's um, birth as well. Uh, yeah, so it was it was nice to feel supported by everyone around me, which was really good. And I I've, I've had full confidence in, and I think I, as I said, I'd learnt my lesson. I was just like, this is my plan or this is my wish rather um like I think that's probably a better word my birth wishes um so I felt like I had a bit of room to wiggle if I had to.
0: (laughs) And your first sign of labor with him how far along were you?
1: Um so I was probably like 34-35 weeks when I started to things. So like it was just really slight things. I wasn't, I didn't go into labor, but I had so much pre-labor with him um, for weeks and weeks. So I was like always thinking, Oh, he's going to be like early, not early, early, but I just thought he'll be like 38 weeks, something like that. Um, but nothing like regular, it was just stop, start, lots of heaviness, um, that sort of thing going on. But it wasn't until, yeah, I went into labor, labor with him um when i was 40 weeks and three days so earlier than tilly um but yeah my body definitely took a very different turn with um, my second pregnancy or birth um by really working up to it it was so nice that time feeling like my body was just slowly slowly moving into it because it had been so fast and so quick with tilly when it came on it just was like boom yeah, so I'd, I'd had, um, I'd lost my, um, I had my bloody show, lost my mucus plug the night, the day before, um, so I definitely knew things were, you know, imminent, um, but then that evening I was just getting ready to put Tilly to bed, and I was thinking, yeah, this is definitely going to be happening soon, so I was like, come on, let's quickly get into bed, <laughs> Um, so I did that with her, but it was just really beautiful as well to have that time putting her to sleep, knowing that, you know, when she was going to wake up, she was going to be a big sister. Um, so I really tried to soak in that time with her while we were doing that. And, um, then things started to kind of turn on a little bit more after she'd fallen asleep. Um, as you know, happens so often with, second babies and subsequent babies but um yeah so i but i wanted to make sure that i just kind of took it really slow and relaxed i felt with tilly's birth i went full into this zone so quickly so early i was like no nah, i'm gonna sit down watch some secret life of us you know just relax had some food um but I defin- they were definitely strong enough to n- not be able to go to sleep. So I did try, but, um, yeah, so that was at about, like, 7, 6 or 7 o'clock. I can't remember exactly. Um, and then I spoke to my midwife, and she was like, yeah, you know, you're not in, you're not in labor, active labor, so let's just um, keep doing what you're doing and we'll just see how we go. And I don't really remember in between there, like, when it kind of turned up even more, because I was a little bit oblivious to time, I guess. But I do know that I got into the birth pool around midnight, maybe. Um, and that's when things started to to be a bit stronger and a bit closer together. And I am pretty sure Tilly woke up at about 2 or 3. And um, Zach had called the, um, Bron again and been like, OK, I think it's time to come now. Um, and my sister-in-law lives in the house just on a, on our property, just down the drive um, from us. So she was always going to be here for Tilly and for me, and for Zach, I guess, kind of like a doula of sorts, I guess. So she came up. Yeah. Yeah. So it, again, as I was saying, it was kind of like slow and building, which was. A really nice difference um, to my first birth, um, so it was really nice to kind of slowly feel it all build. Mm-hmm. Um, again, a lot of it was through my back, and it was really, really like strong, intense. My water hadn't broken yet, um, and it broke a little bit earlier with Tilly's pregnancy. So um, I was having a shower just before Bron got here at about like 3:30, and Tilly. Of course, was following me everywhere. She had been in the pool with me, with her like rubber ducky um, floating no, around. I just remember it hitting me in the <laughs> so much, thinking like, God, I just get this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she, was so- she was just doing little laps in the pool, and it was. She was. I didn't really notice her much, apart from the fact that I just had this really nice energy, and I was so happy for her to experience um, this birth with me as well um maybe to even like some sort of healing for her her birth um but yeah so she was in in the shower with me at this time and bron came in and i heard her heard her sort of talking to zach and i had this the most intense surge come while i was in the shower until he was standing underneath me and just at that moment bron walked in and like had already said hello to me but snapped a photo and rewarded us like it was just this massive pop like I've never heard a noise like that before like a balloon and it went all over Tilly and I was just looking at her like with my mouth like what is going on (laughs) Um, so that was pretty funny I've got a photo of it as well like my water breaking all over her she just thought it was the shower (laughs) what a moment capture (laughs) so um Yes, and my water broke at like 3 or maybe 4 o'clock actually, closer to. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, so then I think I'd moved back to the the pool after that and things were feeling, yeah, I was feeling actually so much better after that, you know, there was this big relief. um, So everything kind of just calmed down a bit for me, but it was still, everything was still moving along Um, after that. I was in the pool and I was just sort of talking to Bron and and she was saying I think I think she had checked um where I was at and I was nine centimeters but my cervix was had a little bit of a lip um Mm -hmm. so you know we were thinking like what do we get what I was sort of thinking what am I going to do I'd actually thought I wouldn't get checked at all because I was just kind of had this feeling of like I just wanted to let everything happen as it was but just before that I'd I'd been getting these really intense feelings that I, to push. And in um, Tilly's birth, I had had those feelings too. And I had been pushing. And it wasn't until my midwife checked me that, um, yeah, my cervix got really swollen because I had been pushing on an unloaded cervix. Um, so I think I had that uh, this fear kind of rise up in me um, that I was getting these sensations again. And I was worried that I was going to do the same thing. Um, so that that's where I chose to have Bron have a look and see where we were at. So it was such a big relief to hear like nine. I don't know. I think I needed that for mm. myself. And um, she actually did. We both talked about it and she decided to manually help me with that. So I had a contraction and, she quite easily just lifted the cervix, and I think not long after that I was fully dilated. Um, but that wasn't <laughs> the end of that. I was expecting then, okay, cool, we're here, like it's all going to happen. Um, but he just, yeah, he wasn't coming. I was, I was pushing for like five hours, I think, at home. So I was like feeling every single t- wave I was having. I was pushing and. And everything was moving and I was feeling mm-hmm. awesome, but I was also, you know, super exhausted. I had vomited a couple of times. So um, so I did actually have a little bit of fluid just to top that back up. And then mm-hmm. after that, I felt a lot better. Um, so we did end up transferring to Lismore in the end. So I was fully dilated in the car, I was definitely thinking that he was just going to come in the car because I felt like he was... Ready to be here, um, and so that was at about like eight or nine o'clock, maybe in the morning, maybe nine. Um, so we drove the windy, pothole roads of the Northern Rivers, oh, um, wow. fully dilated, and and so I I remember being in the car thinking, yeah, this baby's being born on the side of the road, and my second midwife actually didn't have to come but she was like this baby's coming like
0: (laughs) I'm coming in the car with with my first midwife um or my primary carer so um sorry to cut you off but I just wanted to quickly ask at what point was it decided that you were going to transfer like are we able to get some insight into that conversation oh yeah
1: so I think because I had been I wasn't really I didn't have the urge or feeling to eat I hadn't eaten for quite some time I'd um also you know, been vomiting and then I'd had um, the IV fluids, which obviously had helped, but you know, I was kind of chasing my tail a little bit, I guess, with that, like trying to get fluids into me. Um, and so we had that discussion um, there, uh, thereafter. I tried, my second midwife arrived, Emma um and she we did a lot of like manual stuff to try and see if there was something amiss and why he wasn't really like coming yeah. um because i was showing mm-hmm. all these signs that he was ready to come and I, you know i was doing my best and working super hard to yeah. to get him to to be here but um yeah so then bron and i um spoke about it and initially i think i had been a little bit disheartened at first um, I'd already met with Dr. Adam Brooke before I went into my labor and I decided to engage him as backup. So I also didn't feel let down because I knew who I would be going to see if I did transfer. So I had a lot of confidence in that. So, yeah, so we, we spoke about it and, and I spoke to Zach and spoke a little bit as much as I could anyway, with, um, my sister-in-law as well and, Funnily enough, when I when I found out I was pregnant with him, or when I almost like kind of like had that feeling like I was pregnant with him, it was Christmas and I was cuddling that same sister-in-law on the deck and I think I was having a moment about my um, miscarriage and then this huge like flock of black cockatoos flew over our house and they were like you know doing their little call and everything and i was i looked at her and i and i said oh that's so weird i think i'm i think we just kind of i don't even know if we said it out loud but i think that we both were looking at each other like oh my gosh that's crazy that's a sign um and the day after i was at the beach and my daughter actually turned around to me and said oh, there's a tiny baby in your belly. I can see it in your belly button. She was so certain. So um, I did a test the next day and found out I was pregnant. Oh, so wow. sorry, that's totally backtracking. But, no, not at all. Um, I love that. Yeah. So that was awesome. That was so good. Yeah. But then in that same moment of my um, birth with Archer, when we were trying to kind of make that decision, you know, I'd had a few tears and about the sort of transferring and not being at home. Um, and then this huge flock of black cockatoos flew over and oh, I looked no at, way. um, Naomi, my sister-in-law and I was just like, oh my gosh, they're telling me it's okay. Like it's all going to be okay. Oh so my. I'm just going to go. Like they're telling me just go <laughs> have this baby. Yeah. Um, so that was just like such a nice, almost sign from like, I don't know, the universe or the yeah, animal kingdom. Sure. So yeah, so I made the decision to go. Um, so we obviously called David and, and he was there already. So that was great. And, um, yeah, once we made that long journey to the hospital, I got in there and he was basically born within the next hour. So wow. it was all fairly fast thereafter. Yeah, okay. yeah so I um, obviously, with that, that car ride, had really intensified everything. So once I got there, I think just to catch my breath, I decided to have some of the gas. Mm-hmm. So I had that. I was still moving around a lot, I was still standing. I didn't want to be anywhere near a bed at that point um so I was just still sticking with that active movement and um then David came and we had a bit of a chat and I think it was now with hindsight I can realize that I was very close to him coming because I reached that point you know that point where you're like I can't do this I don't care what you do just get this baby out (laughs) which he he knew um he knew with our meeting beforehand when I was like 36 weeks I just had to meet with him as like a protocol for Bron um because I was a VBAC I would try like trying for a VBAC Mm -hmm. so um we'd already met and discussed that and the moment that I met him I was like this dude's awesome like he knows what's going on and he's super supportive of VBACs and natural birth and all of that sort of stuff. So I felt I had so much confidence in him. Should I have to transfer? I was like, if I have to be here, then that's the person I want to be with me. Yeah. Um, I had felt a lot of confidence in that going into um, Archie's birth as well, knowing that I had a team around me no matter what was going to happen that trusted and knew what I wanted. And they were going to support that fully Mm because I remember him saying to me, no, 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 like you wanted a V-back. So that's what we're going
0: for. (laughs) Oh,
1: how awesome is that? Yeah. So I did actually end up giving birth to him on my back, which is like the position that I would have never expected to um give birth to him but I don't know it worked and it was weirdly I was thinking that that position would be like disempowering that's how I gave birth to Tilly and I felt really out of my power Mm -hmm. with her birth um and so it was now looking back like I know that I went there and I went to hospital and I had the birth that I had you know lying on my back again but it was so different and it was so empowering and Yeah, I'm getting emotional thinking about it. I'll
0: take your time.
1: Yeah, it was just so... so.
0: Oh, you're going to make me emotional. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was
1: just incredible. It was so healing. I felt everyone in that room was so supportive. The midwives that... um, that I had in hospital was just, you know, she was amazing. Her daughter's name was Tilly too. So like, I felt like all of the stars had aligned and that's exactly where I needed to be. Um, And not only healing to me, but healing to Zach, you know, he was, he had to go through all of that with Tilly's birth. Um, Like I didn't mention that I actually ended up having a second surgery with her birth as well two weeks after she came so we had a lot of stuff to work through um with that so it was just so healing I walked out of that hospital thinking I'm gonna do this
0: again (laughs) oh I love that so much and was he put on your chest were you able to do skin to skin and delayed cord clamping
1: yeah, so all of that. So I did end up having, uh, like, he did use the vacuum on his head just for like a slight bit to get him. He was in his, I think it was that his head was in like a slightly kinked position, which is what happened with Tilly as well. Mm. And so he did use that for a really quick. I remember it. feeling like, well, did you even use that? Um, so it was really quick. And then he's like, and then I'll take it off, and then everything will be in your hands and you know so um and I had a slight a a really small episiotomy as well just to avoid like a really really big tear because we did use the vacuum um we had discussed that beforehand as well so I felt really good about that as well again like I felt like everything was within my power and my choice as well um he pulled him out and put him on my chest and I just remember like I have a video of it too and I'm, it's so funny watching it back but I remember just like it was like I just won an award I was like thank you thank you, thank you <laughs> whilst crying but so, and he is like the most best award I've ever won well apart from Billy obviously but um, you know it was just so amazing and I was I had all of those um, you know natural hormones that you're supposed to have and my postpartum experience was so different to the beginning of Tilly's um so it was just really really amazingly overwhelming to have that much surging through my body Um, no one took him away from me which that happened to Tilly so Um, Yeah, they're just very vastly different births, but beautiful in their own ways at the same time.
0: Yeah, so beautiful. And what about your placenta? I don't think I asked that for Tilly's birth either.
1: Um, So Tilly's one was taken away Mm -hmm. um, because uh, apparently it had like quite a strong smell and all of this sort of stuff. So I think they just discarded it, um, which was really sad for me. I had intended to do something with it. Um, so I was so excited to be able to keep Archie's and we intend to, we actually still haven't done it because we're, you know, um, wild. Yeah, <laughs> but it's still a freezer. But we intend to um, plant a tree for him on our property and, yeah, just be able to watch it grow with him. And and his nickname in my belly was Tree, so mm-hmm. my daughter named him that. So I think it's really fitting and um, we plan to do the same for Tilly, um, but a, just a slightly different ceremony to honour her as well and kind of cement her into this land too.
0: Mm, I love that. And any plans to go back for another baby? Yes, I would love to. So I was like, yeah. I remember in on the way to
1: the hospital, I was like, no more babies. <laughs> um, but... then we were like four hours, I think we were only there for like four hours as well, we like came home so I still felt like, really felt like I had had a home birth almost Um, I felt like we just nipped off and then he was here and so um, until he came and met him and And I remember driving home saying to Zach, I was like, oh, actually, I don't think that's the last one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And what was his response?
1: Uh, In that baby bubble, he was like, yeah, I know, totally. So like maybe three weeks later, he was like, absolutely not. (laughs) And now he's back on, he's so in love, like, that he's like, oh, we have to have more. They're just so amazing. (laughs) So definitely like, and I would love to have one sooner. Other than later, but again, um, with my experiences, like whenever it happens, it will happen. Yeah, of
0: course. And is there anything you would do differently next time around? I've like toyed with like so many different ideas. Um, Like, part of me is even like,
1: oh, you know, maybe I'll just try and find like a free birth doula and do that because I feel really, um, I feel really open to just, I want to be at home. I definitely want to try that, but. Um, Yeah, again, whatever happens, happens. But I foresee it happening at home and I don't know. But I loved my midwife. Both of my midwives were amazing. So more than likely I would probably use um, the Lidmore Birth House again.
0: And what about your episiotomy? Do you have any tips that you could share on the healing of that?
1: Yeah, so I had like lists of all things that I would get whatever I would whatever birth I had um so I had like a list of homeopathics and um like creams and ointments and stuff like that but and I had some of them just in like a kit at home as well but I didn't have all of them because I didn't want to energetically bring that into my birth by having all of those things so I just had a list and was like here's that go get this so um, yeah. I used homeopathics um, for the healing, for, like, nerve he- nerve healing and, and also um, healing of, like, the skin and the perineum. Um, I use calendula oil, like a triple-infused calendula oil and, um, like, colloidal silver spray and just herbs as well, like a peri-bottle herbs. And then just pelvic mm-hmm. floor exercises. I started them basically straight away um, in six baths uh, just mm-hmm. to aid that healing. Yeah.
0: What advice would you give to any expectant mothers out there?
1: So I think I would say, like, one of the biggest things would be surrender. So yeah. surrendering to whatever yeah. is going to happen and, and no matter what happens when you come out the other side, like, there is so much more. Like, birth is amazing and it is so important and it, and it has all of these, like, great Things to start kickstart the life of like your little baby and everything like that but it's definitely not the be all and end like there is so much more beyond that mm. um mothering and like parenting is so huge and no matter what birth you have if it's not the birth that you wanted um there's so many different things that you can do to support microbiome and all of those sorts of things so, so and and maybe just trust trust in like yourself trust in your body um and know that whatever happens, even if it's maybe deemed bad, um, there will be a lesson at the end. And, you know, you get to keep that lesson as well. It doesn't, it, and it will change you and it will be everything will be okay <laughs>
0: yeah, I love that beautiful advice thank you so much for coming on today charlie it's been wonderful to chat with you yeah thank you for having me it was so nice that brings us to the end of today's show everyone i personally resonate so deeply with charlie's journey and felt all the feels listening to her speak today Even though her births took a different path to what she had envisioned, through the act of deep surrender and acceptance, she was able to still go on and have an extremely positive and healing experience with her son. It was also really lovely to hear she had an OB that supported her choice of birth, which I think was a really important element and something to consider if you are having to choose a backup option. Just so that you know, no matter what path your birth takes, you are dealing with a team that hopefully aligns with your choices. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode, let me know what you think over on the PBA Instagram and I'll see you all next week for another episode of Positive Birth Australia.